The following is paid programming brought to you by WT Wealth Management. Nothing we discuss should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational purposes only. Please do your own research and speak to an investment advisor or financial planner before making any investment decisions. Welcome to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. I'm your host, Jeff Horvitz. This week, Glenn and Cody will discuss commonly asked investing questions. Like, what's the difference between savings and investings? Why should I invest? And when should you invest? All right, Glenn Least is a senior investment advisor with WT Wealth Management. Cody Harmon is here as well. He's an invest advisor assistant. And uh, you can learn more about, about Glenn by calling 928-225-2474, or you can go to WTWealthManagement.com. Glenn, Cody, how you doing today? Good, doing good. Well. Good, as I get my words out <laughs> one, of those, one of those days. But you no, know, we're going to talk about uh, commonly asked investing questions. This will be a two-part series. Yep. Uh, and I, you know, we've covered a lot of this stuff in the past, sure, but yeah. this still comes up a lot. People yeah, still get yeah. confused on all these terms. I do. So I guess let's start, Glenn, with what's the difference between savings and saving money or saving and investing? Yeah, so if you've had a bank account and you save or put money in there, you'll you'll notice there's quite a bit of a difference. Uh, you don't get paid hardly anything from the bank, you know, as far as interest. It used to be many years ago there was actually a respectable uh, interest rate that you were paid, but now it's uh, pennies for every you know thousand dollars or so that you have. So um, you know, saving is a great tool to you know, put some money in the bank and to get it there, but saving is never really meant to stay ahead of inflation. And and when inflation was at 2%, it was a little bit easier to forget that fact. But when inflation's at 8.5%, you know, it's a much more in our face to say, well, if my, my money is not growing, it's actually losing buying power. So the difference between savings and investing, with investing, you're looking to actively grow the value of your account or the value of your money, not just from adding more, you know, but also by growing, by getting good returns as time goes on too. Just from drawing off the many podcasts that you've now uh, done, Glenn, and by the way, those are all available, yep, right? Online, yeah. Uh, WTWealthManagement.com, or you can look up- uh, Intelligent Investing with Glenn Lees on Spotify, iTunes, you name it, yeah. But I just want to kind of harken back to all of those. You have, you've you been an advocate for savings. you got to have yeah. some savings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to have some money in the bank. And usually, like we were just talking with the client earlier today, he's like, yeah, I've got some some cash. I'm like, okay, well, first, let's find out how much you need. You know, What are you spending every Every month, and do you have any big projects that are coming down the pipeline that we need to keep some cash in the bank for? And we found out, okay, here's the number that realistically he needs to keep saved in the bank, and then everything else above and beyond that, we have some ability to let it grow, to invest it. We we have some time, if you will, because if you're closing on a house in 30 days, uh, that money that's set aside for the closing of the house or the down payment, it should stay in the bank, right? It's not gonna it's not gonna grow a whole lot, but it's also not gonna go down in value. So a lot of investing and savings, part of the difference between the two is what's our time horizon? What's the goal? If it's just to build up an emergency fund, well, then the bank, bank account's a great place to do that. You're, you're never going to beat inflation with the bank. And that's not the point. The point is there. It's it's available. It's liquid. And it's very relatively safe. I mean, money in the bank's not going anywhere. Whereas with investing, we can have some fluctuations short term. But over the long haul, we're expecting to grow the money. 
I think this is a question you probably get from a lot of people and maybe more so from younger people and more so from older people. It's like, why should I invest? I got to You know, I, I'm 21 years old or I'm sure, sure. 82 uh, years old. <laughs> easy question. Uh, I always ask people, do you like money? Yeah. Yeah. Do you need money? Yeah. Would you like to have some more of it? Would that make life easier? Yeah. Answer to all the above questions, right? We need to grow our money, right? There's only so much we can earn each year. And uh, if we can get that money to work even harder for us, that is really important. And even to the young individual that, you know, Glenn at 21 didn't even know what investing was, right? But the sooner that you can get started, you can really uh, get this thing called compounding interest working in your favor. So the sooner you get started, you really have a lot of time to grow your money. So even if you're doing a little bit uh, at a young age, it really makes a huge difference. So why do you need to invest? Is because one day you're going to need money for something, right? Uh, whether it be paying for a home or a car or one day stop working or you know, healthcare, we all have needs that, or we maybe you just want to make money, give it away to a cause that you're passionate about or all the above. You know, we're all going to, we, unfortunately we live in a, a world that's we can't live without money, right? It's a part of our everyday life. It's not everything in life, but it's certainly a, a large, important part of where if you don't have a lot of money or have any money, life is much more challenging. Whereas if you've done a good job and you're not in debt and you've got extra money, you're able to, life is a little bit easier in a lot of ways and you're able to be more generous too. I think that leads to our next question. Glenn at 21 and 21 was fun. Yeah. Was yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're not thinking as much about investment, investing. And uh, again, I'll go back to past uh, podcast episodes that you've had, Glenn, uh, where you talk about your kids and investing yeah, at yeah, a young yeah. age, something that Glenn at 21 wasn't probably even thinking about, but yep, you're, yep. you're different with your kids. So the question is, when uh, should someone invest? As soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, I think at 21, the only thing I was thinking about was fast cars and working out, right? That was just Glenn at 21. But if I had been educated or I had someone in my corner to say, Hey, look, I know you're not thinking about this now, but let me show you how powerful this can be for your future. Cause one day you're going to be 37. It's going to happen. One day you're going to be 57. One day you're going to retire, right? This it's going to eventually happen one day, which is hard to imagine. But if you have someone that is in your corner to help get you excited about investing, help get you kind of, you know, learn the ropes, it becomes very powerful. So when's a good time to get in, started investing now and, and it's better, no better time like today to get started. So whether you're just getting started or late to the game, or you're, you got a seven year old kid at home that you'd like to, you know, put a couple bucks away. It's a great time to get started. I mean, we have no account minimum. So anyone that wants to get started, we have the ability to help them. So just a little bit here and there, even at the, those young ages. Exactly. Yeah. You'd be surprised what $20 a week could do at, you know, at, at birth, you know, by the time that they're ready to retire, it's a, quite a bit of money. I heard, I heard a saying about when's the best time to plant a tree. Well, 30 years ago, when's the second best time right now? <laughs> yeah, now exactly. That's, that's so, that's so true. And, uh, part, part of our vision and our goal is to help provide people at on-ramp to get started and to help, uh, be those professionals in their corner that could, to help them invest and get started and get going and to manage and to educate and to help grow that for them. Because, uh, I remember at 21, I think I did try to look into investing somewhere and it was at like a local bank and they, they looked at me and said, Oh, unless you have $25,000, we're not even going to talk to you. And I go, well, I'll get there if I can start saving now and, you know, have something that I can get excited about, but they wouldn't even talk to me. So there really wasn't a lot of great opportunities in, you know, 2004, 2005 for me to get started, which nowadays I want to be that, you know, for people that want to get started, Hey, we've got something available for you. And we're passionate about helping you grow because, uh, it's going to be highly beneficial for you. So just to recap, there's no minimums. Yeah. yeah so yeah, you no have, minimums. you have a lot of people with like, like your kids or younger kids, uh, or, or, uh, younger folks and people with kids that can bring that 
money in and well, I mean, you're not going to be bringing it in like satchels or something, but <laughs> they could set up an account Correct. Yeah, and, yeah. and do really any amount, anytime at any age. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. And that, that was when I, when I developed my practice, I wanted to uh, be able to help everyone that wanted help and not have to turn anyone away. And so we've grown our team. So that way we have lots of people within the group to facilitate doing that. So yeah, we have no minimum. So it's great. Let's talk about uh, how should people, you know, how do you invest and, and how much should you invest? Yeah. And also we'll bring Cody in and is investing risky. And if you want to learn more, you give Glenn Lease a call anytime at 928-225-2474. That's 928-225-2474. Listening to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least, and you can learn more about Glenn by giving him a call at 928 225 2474. That's 928 225 2474. You can also go to WTWealthManagement.com. This is a first part of a two part series commonly asked investment questions. And uh, well, we talked about the difference between savings and investing. Why should you invest? When should you invest? And I guess the next logical question here, Glenn, is how do we, how does someone invest? Yeah. So 21-year-old Glenn, you know, yeah, how do you? Yeah. The, you know, and the nice thing about technology is it's, it's opened it up to, for everyone to, is really, if you live in America, you know, there, there's lots of opportunities here, especially when it comes to investing. There's really no barriers to entry like there used to be maybe, 20, 30, 40 years ago. So how do you invest? There's a number of different ways. Uh, one way is, you know, through your smartphone, you know, there's a lot of free, easy to use applications where if you know what you're doing and you know what you want to own or buy or whatever, you can put in a couple bucks and buy it. So that's, that's the first way. And those are called like, um, you know, like you may see the name like Robinhood yeah. or Webull. Um, some of the larger groups are, are names like Charles Schwab or TD Ameritrade. You can open up an account there. A lot of times they've got no minimums as well. And no trading costs, but there's uh, with that aspect that you're not necessarily getting anyone in your corner to help you with it. So you really kind of have to know what you're doing. That's one way is through like a, a brokerage uh, firm. The other way is through your employer. A lot of people do have employer plans like a 401k or simple IRA. Um, those ones are usually included as part of your, your benefits. Um, so you can invest that way, which is a great way to get started. Now, the only caveat with that is not all uh, retirement plans through your work are open architecture. So say you wanted to buy a specific investment, that plan may or may not offer that ability to buy a stock. So, uh, you know, common example is say you wanted to buy Tesla stock and, uh, your, your, your 401k plan doesn't allow you to buy individual stocks. So you wouldn't be able to necessarily buy outright Tesla in that fashion. You may have to buy a basket, uh, that maybe owns Tesla as part of it through your 401k or, or your, your employer plan. So that's another common way is through your employer. The other way is through, um, working with a firm like such as ourselves. You know, we, we have independent relationships with groups like Charles Schwab and TD Ameritrade where we open up the account, get it set up, and then we manage the investments on your 
behalf, you know, through those, 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 uh, groups. Um, and that's, that's, uh, probably one of our more favorite ways of doing it because we've set our firm up in a way that we can have and implement all of our best and brightest ideas. So there's no, not a whole lot of restrictions of what we can and can't do. Uh, we can do retirement plans, non-retirement college plans. We can do trust accounts. We could really include any kind of investment we really want, including up to, uh, like cryptocurrencies. We could even do something like that on our platform. So, um, whereas like the, the first two options, there may be some limits on what you can and can't buy. So, um, those are the three most common ways of owning, uh, owning stocks. Used to be back in the day, you could own a stock certificate, but those are... Can you uh, get those anymore? Do I they? still see them come across my yeah. desk. Usually it's like someone had them in their safe for yeah. years and years and years. The, the problem with stock certificates is what happens if you lose that certificate? You're like, oops. Uh, so which is why they, they hold it in, in what's called a certificate. Instead of it being an actual physical certificate, they hold it in street form. So you still own the stock. And if you really want a certificate, they'll give you one. But it just makes doing business so much easier in the digital age. So that's the really the four different ways. Uh, most common ways of owning stocks and you, can you combine those? Uh, let's say somebody has a retirement account at their work. Can uh-huh. you c- combine that and then say have a separate account with uh-huh. like yeah, you, for example? Yeah. yeah. So um, there's no limit on how many types of investment accounts you can have. You can have two investment accounts or twenty. Um, obviously, you don't want to have just a bunch for the sake of having a bunch. You you want them to have a purpose and a reason. But to your point, yeah, you could have a retirement plan through your employer, um, and then maybe outside of your employer, you work with us on a non-retirement plan or a Roth IRA or a college savings account. And in fact, we actually just launched some software in the last two weeks that allows us to work with any 401k or any 401a or any retirement plan through, um, you know, an employer sponsored plan. So it's pretty neat. So now that's not even a barrier to us. So if people want our help on their retirement plan through work, um, we have the ability with some software that allows us to utilize that. So say you worked for, you know, a local company and they offered a 401k and say that 401k was through like fidelity. Normally we wouldn't be able to, to, to help with that a whole lot, but with this new software, it can actually log in, see all your different fund options within your plan. And then you can say, Hey Glenn, this is how I want my account to be set up. And then that software allows us to help manage that as well on an ongoing basis. So it's a pretty, pretty neat program. Um, and I'm actually really excited about that. We've been talking with a lot of clients that we knew probably had employer plans that wanted help, but previously wasn't an area we can help in, but now we can. So wonders of technology from wonders stock technology. certificates yeah. to your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Having cool. it all, having it all on there. So I guess the next question is, and, and this may be a question you have for Glenn and remember you can call Glenn anytime at 928-225-2474. Uh, how much should someone invest and everyone's different of yeah. course, and everybody's situation is different, but is there a rule of thumb? How do you determine that? Yeah. So if someone comes to my office and says, Hey, I'd like to get started. I want to invest a dollar a month. I'd be like, well, I mean, uh, we're not going to make a whole lot of progress. It'll yeah. take us you know, a couple hundred years to you know, have anything of worth. Um, but you know, how much to invest? That's a good question. I mean, you want to be saving and investing enough where you're actually going to make progress, right? So if you're just saving a dollar a month, yeah, you, you might make some progress, but it's going to take a while. Um, you don't want to be saving every penny you earn for sure either. Cause uh, no sense in uh, saving everything and then not having enough food to put on the table. So there's a balancing act. And a lot of times that it's a percentage. So a lot of people try and aim for 10 to 15% of their salary, or whatever they earn for income as saving in some fashion or the other. Um, and if you do that and uh, you do that consistently, you know, the, the math is you'll, you'll probably have a pretty decent retirement. Some people want to retire early. And so maybe they need to save 20 or 30% of their income. So that way they don't have to 
work till age 65. So to answer your question, um, you want to definitely save enough where it's going to make progress, but you don't want to save too much where you're not able to make your ends meet because you've saved every penny. So if you make, you know, $5,000 a month and you, you save and invest $4,999, that only leaves you $1 left over per month. That, that doesn't make sense. So you want to have a good balancing act. So usually that 10 to 15% is, is probably pretty common for most of our clients. Um, you know, but everyone's different. Yeah. Every situation is different. All right, let's bring uh, Cody in here. And this is a question I'm sure you hear a lot, Cody, and Glenn, you hear this as well. Uh, is, is investing risky? Well, yeah, the simple answer is yes, but you got to ask yourself the same question. Is holding my money in the bank risky? And it's the same thing. But in fact, holding your money in the bank is actually riskier. If you look at it, the price of a dollar today is not going to be the same 10 years from now. So... Uh, 10 years from now, let's say, especially with inflation increasing, if you, let's say you had $100,000, maybe a year or two from now, if inflation continues to increase, doubles, you lose $10,000, the purchase power you once had. But if you put it into investing, it's growing. And in a way, it's not, it's not certain that it's going to grow all the time. You're going to have down years, but you're going to have up years. Like it says, four out of five years on record, the market is up, which is great. Yeah, imagine if you put a hundred thousand dollars under your couch, uh, couch cushions twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, Cody brings up a good point. So, is investing risky in the short term? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it, nothing's guaranteed, and, and no, nothing in the stock market is. You know, pretty much any anything's guaranteed, but. The one thing we know for sure is that inflation is eating away at our buying power. And, you know, when it's 2%, you know, inflation, you know, everything kind of doubles every, maybe about every 30 years or so. But when it's at 15% or 10%, now you're talking every couple of years, everything doubles. So, yeah, to your point, say you put $100,000 into your mattress and 20 years later you come back, there's probably still $100,000. Maybe it's got a little bit of dust in it, but it may have the equivalent buying power of ten or fifteen thousand dollars. So what's the risk in that? What is the inflationary risk? Whereas if we took that money and invested in a good solid investment or company, what is the risk of a company like say Amazon or Google or Facebook going out of business overnight? I mean they could have a bad year, but I think if we're being realistic, some of these big companies, they're so solid, or even Apple, for example, where they have like a hundred billion dollars in cash. They have a lot (laughs) under the mattress. Yeah, they they have a lot (laughs) under the mattress. So they could like go a long time without selling any kind of items and be just fine. So what's the risk of those companies going out of business? Well probably not a whole lot. So but short term can they fluctuate? Could they have a bad year and your money go down temporarily? Yeah, that's 100% of, uh, you know, a potential. But over multiple years, is it a realistic expectation that they're going to continue to be more profitable and you're going to be in better shape you know, in a couple of years than you are today? I think that's pretty realistic. And that's the heart of investing is helping people understand that the difference between risk and volatility, right? Risk you know, assumes that there's zero at play, right? That somehow your investments are going to go to zero, which we talked about. If you're investing in good, solid investments in companies, probably not going to happen. You know, probably a very small, you know, very, very small percentage that that actually happens. But, you know, could it fluctuate, you know, during the year? Absolutely. That's, that's volatility. That's the price fluctuation. That's how much things move. But if you give things enough time, your chances of success are, are much higher. But if you only say, Hey, Glenn, I'm going to give you some money to invest and, uh, we'll see what you can do in three months or six months. I'm going to say, you know, it's kind of a coin toss, you know, we could have a good market or a bad market, but, 
you know, you, that's really not enough time. And I've had clients that have done that and it's, it puts me in a challenging environment because maybe the first year they start working with us is the one year where the market's <laughs> down and they're going, oh man, Glenn and his team have done nothing but lose us money. But, you know, I always set the expectation of if you give us multiple years, I think you're going to be really happy with the results. If you only give us a short amount of time, investing can be very volatile. So that's, that's the important thing is when you're thinking about investing is, you know, what is my time horizon and can I stay with that time horizon, stay committed and if I can, I'll be successful. And how you how it changes with age and different yeah, time, yeah, yeah. And it, time every, periods in your life. Yep, it does. As you're usually as you're younger, you have more risk tolerance. You know, you're able to accept more volatility. And as you get closer to retirement, usually you want to see less fluctuations in your portfolio. Um, so yeah, yeah, it does change as you t- as time goes on. All right. This is just the first of two parts. So yeah, yeah, next yeah. week we'll hit more on uh, common types of investments and uh, dollar cost averaging. We'll get into all of that. And, and don't forget, remind everyone about the podcast because we yep. there's, you have dozens and dozens yep. of different topics on there now. Yeah. yeah. So uh, check us out on any of your favorite podcast platforms. You just type in Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. Uh, we've got all of our episodes up there and uh, check us out, subscribe and uh, keep listening in for great stuff. Absolutely. And remember, you can call Glenn any time 928-225-2474 that's 928-225-2474 or you can go to wt wealth management we look forward to you joining us here again next week with intelligent investing right here on 97 one to big talker we'll see you soon 